Hey everyone, welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am your host, Rochelle Denae Post. If you have not been listening, please subscribe because there's a lot of episodes, some of which it's just me talking to myself, but that's great for reflection and many of which where I've been honored to have a guest. And let me just tell you, I have a guest today and I'm super excited to dive into this conversation because this guest is somebody that I have known for a couple of years. And we met in a very unique way that most people, when they meet people in on social media spaces, think like, are they really people? And then you meet them in person. It's like, oh my gosh, or you hear the voices. And so I can't wait to have a conversation with him. So let me go ahead and introduce you first to my guest. I won't be talking to myself, Dr. Gerard Phillips Sr. Hey, thank you so much, Rochelle. I'm excited to be on Thriving EDU, a, a platform that I've listened to on my early morning or late night walks because it it get, it's as quick, gives me the dose of PD in the moment. And thank you for the work you do in education. I appreciate you. Yeah, well, thank you. And I guess it would have to be kind of a, a quick podcast because I think I'm pretty honest when I start to like, it's going to be about 10 or 15 minutes. You know, I mean, how long can you talk to yourself? Right. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes I say that and I get involved in a topic, especially certain things, you know, AI is something I've been really talking about for like six years, or if I've tried something in my classroom, I'm like, wow, Hey, you know what? This is a great idea. And then I look at the clock. I'm like, Oh, I've been talking for 20 minutes. I guess I went a little bit over my, uh, my, Oh, it's only a 10 minute, but that's okay because we are authentic and we just go with the flow. We speak off the cuff and we want people to realize like it's okay to talk about what you're doing, to admit mistakes, you know, share your successes because that's how we learn and keep growing. And our journeys are all different. I know my journey to be an educator was not necessarily one that I really thought of ahead of time. It was kind of one where it was suggested after a while, like, you know, you have to pick a major. And I said, well, I'm in liberal arts. They said, that's not actually a major, like that's the school. So you need to define something. So I've had an interesting, you know, road and journey to where I am today, but- Don't you have some coursework in legal studies or something too? I, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But you know what, this, maybe that'll be another episode. I'll just talk to myself about like all the little side routes I've taken over the years, but people are interested in you. And so I would love if you could share with us a little bit about you know, your journey as an educator, what got you to where you are today and the type of work that you're doing. So uh, my journey, it's, it, you know, no journey has been straight because I think I wanted to do things on my own terms. Like when I came into education in the classroom. I didn't have being a principal anywhere or school leader in my in my view. Uh, I thought about the good teachers I had, and I thought that you know I could just teach, do what I do, and affect kids, be in my own space, not have to worry about you know other adults invading that space. I had a co-teacher, but we really. We really had a great relationship. So I thought, oh, I could just try to do this and do it at a high level and um, have the best test scores ever. And, you know, in a Title I school and just do things that 
aren't out the norm that are out of the norm and have kids that normally don't succeed, succeed and have and people looking at me and my coaches like, wow, what are you doing? So I had that on my mind. And then I got roped into coaching by some of my colleagues. And that really got me going on that side because coaching during the school year really makes parts of that this part of that part of school year go by fast. And because you have something you're committed to with the kids outside of the school day, you're more apt to not do a lot of complaining and keep a, a higher level of energy, excuse me, which which worked well for me. But then as I started tasting success in the classroom, I'm like, OK, could I do this on a bigger scale and affect all the students in the building? Because I would have I would have kids that their friends would stop by and come see um come come see me and i'm like they're i'm not even their teacher but they will be stopping by before school or after school and i'm like i'm not even their teacher and that really started like planting some seeds and um got into that became a dean of students uh trying for two years to get an admin job and somebody finally took a shot on me um as assistant principal and just been learning and growing ever since but i think um one of my main things about my journey was always realizing that no matter what role I was in, that I I never was the one to think that I've already arrived. And when you get in that mindset, like where you're looking at everybody else and you think you're better than them and like, oh, um, I can run my classroom better or um, I'm doing this better and stop growing or stop seeking feedback or stop delving into podcasts or literature i think that's when your career really gets stagnant and when trials and tribulations come your way you don't know how to pivot because you don't have that support system or that some of those books that you've tapped into um before that helped you get through some things yeah and i love uh so much of what you said but the one word that sticks with me is stagnant and in my journey, it's been all over the place. <laughs> like, you know, I mentioned they're like, you have to decide a major. And I, I thought of teaching as a potential 10 year kind of, I'll do this. I'll see what other opportunities come up. And I enjoyed helping people. Like I loved it. I loved connecting with the kids. And then um, I went to, to, to law school. I'd never had a master's because I just didn't know what I wanted it in. And then I got master's and I took a break and did some writing. And then at that point, I've, I've said this probably five times this past week as I'm working on the doctorate. They're like, don't you ever want to just take a break? Don't you ever want to stop? And I said, no. I said, as educators, we're always learning. We're always finding new ways to do things, you know, to change it up because not all students learn in the same way. We want to be different. And otherwise it, it, you know, like any job, it could become very, very boring. Like, Oh, just people think like, Oh, let me just pull out the folder and I'm teaching the same thing again. And you have resources, but the kids aren't going to connect with the same way. And I got to that point where I felt a little bit stagnant and I wanted to learn more, which is why I enrolled in, in a doctoral program. And even then, you know, for me, and, and, and you may agree too, it's like, it's nice to get the the degree, what whether it's a certification or if you're doing micro credentialing or anything like that. But I think just the fact that you're learning 
And it's something that kind of you build upon, even if you don't finish the program, just to keep you involved so that you're not stagnant, that you stay relevant. And that especially with things changing so much, it's like you have to keep up. You can't teach the way that you were taught, which is what I did for years. And you have to be willing to take some risks knowing that like, yeah, that might not go so well. Or you might think like I used to think like, and I don't know about you, but did you ever think like, I'm just, uh, I put the air quotes for my listening. I'm like, I'm just a Spanish teacher, fill in the blank teacher. And you think certain things that don't apply to you. Do you, have you ever felt that way? Yeah, I felt that way. And I had to, I had to get out of that because you're, you're thinking I'm just a teacher. Then as the school year goes on, you find out that you were the catalyst for a kid not dropping out of school or a kid that woke up late and said, oh, I'm not going today. But then they thought, man, if I don't go today, I got to hear Mr. Phillips mouth tomorrow. Like, and not, not in a bad way, but a, you start realizing, okay, I'm not just a teacher. Like I'm a catalyst for change or a catalyst for somebody in their life that's holding them accountable. Um, but we will get like, I know I've, I've even thought that too. Like when I was assistant principal, I'm just like, when you know, at first you're like, oh, I'm just assistant principal. But then when you really realize the magnitude of the role and realize that if you, if you do, if you operate in the assistant principal role as best as you can, you realize just how much the principal needs you in order for them to do their job. So I know some people's like, oh, I'm just the assistant. No, you can take so much off of, the principal's plate, whereas behind closed doors, you're really a huge decision maker and people don't know it because the principal's picking your brain like, hey, Michelle, what do, what do you think of this? Do you think I should move this way? And then you get some feedback like that and they'll say, no, no, okay, I'm scratching my plan. We're going with yours. And people don't know that, but the assistant, like in that role, you can't just consider yourself, I'm just the assistant principal or I'm just a teacher, even as a principal. A lot of things I do, people don't realize. Like, and I give credit for it when it comes out. And I, and like, if I present something, say, "Hey, I can't take credit for this because um, this is so and so." I was engaged in the conversation, and she threw this out there, and it just made sense. So I'm rolling with it. Um, so that's how you can really lead and make change from whatever role you're in. Yeah, and you know that's not something because I I joke and I say, "Well, my methodology courses were." back in the last century. And I, like, I've done this and, and you laugh and, and it, nobody can see you laugh right now, but I, you know, I, I was, I just went to FETC conferences and I have not, I don't know if I will ever get tired of saying like, I've been teaching since the last century or the 1900s. And I look around the room and I'm like, ah, a couple of people are laughing. Cause it's funny to say that. And when I was enrolled in my undergrad, like I said, you know, I picked liberal arts. Many people did because he didn't know what you wanted to study. I knew that I had some strengths in different areas. And I think that's hard for kids too today to think about, you know, what's the applicability of this course? Am I ever going to use this? And now where we are in our careers, like we know what content we may or may not use. I mean, based on what we're doing in our roles and so forth. And then there are some things where we think, gosh, I would have paid a little bit more attention had I known, but you can't. And that's a lesson I try to teach my students. It's like, look, 
you don't know what you're going to do in the future. I took French in high school. I'm teaching Spanish. I did teach French for a while, but it's all about the opportunities. And, you know, it's challenging whether you're a student, whether you're an educator, an administrator, whatever you role or whatever role you have in education. And we wear, everybody always says like, how you know, you wear so many different hats, but we have to, because we are, you know, you're an administrator and then you're a mentor. And sometimes you're a teacher because you're filling in when you don't have substitutes. So it's like, what is today going to bring? It's kind of interesting. And one question I'm curious about for you amongst many that I have is, you know, what is a typical day like for you? Because a lot of people tend to think, well, teachers must be nice because you go to school and you're there from, you know, eight to three or some, something like that. Weekends off, summer's off. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but usually during the, those times, everybody's taking advantage of that time to and like engage in learning or to connect with colleagues or something or, or to read. So on a daily basis, what does your day kind of look like? Because people don't necessarily realize how much goes into it. And it's what has kept me out of like administration. I'm just going to throw that out right there. So, um, I'll tell you how my day, well, how it, I schedule it out. Um, but with, as things come up and you have to adjust, at least you had a plan and that plan can be deviated from. So, um, I always want to try to get there a little early um, just to try to wrap my brain around what I got going on. Um, sometimes I have my, and I, I kind of learned this from, you know, being in a mastermind with Danny Bauer um, and reading. I know a lot of people say, you know, school leaders should have an open door policy. I get that. But sometimes you got to close your door and it's not even about getting work done. It's about closing your door so that you can proactively think because um most leaders if you say do you have a minute if they ask if they ask, someone asks you do you have a minute i'm gonna tell you nine times out of ten we don't we're always gonna say yes um because some kind of way the vibe is going to get out there that you're not approachable when it's that's not the case the case is you got like 10 things that you're juggling and you're trying to make sense of them and actually think and not make shabby decisions. That's my main thing. Not trying to make like I call it shabby decisions because you know I like you you're you're making decisions on the fly and like you make let's say you make seven decisions on the fly. I, I didn't think I was going this way, and you making all seven decisions shabbily, um, if that's even a word. <laughs> but you're gonna have to keep coming back like and fixing that, um, like. You just gonna have you just gotta keep coming back fixing it. So and you're wasting time. So to the original question, getting in there trying to clear my head and think about my day, looking at my calendar, see what if I have any observations on there, um, PLCs, which we call them something else, but it's essentially a PLC. Um, so that's every day from nine thirty to ten fifteen. I know we've gotten to a place in education where a lot of times we want a lot of times that running those meetings fall on an instructional coach or reading specialist or whatever the case may be. But I, I got to be in there with them um, because it shows a unified front from admin leadership along with the instructional team that we're, we're supporting teachers. 
Then most of my day, I try to stay out of the office. I try to be posted up in a hallway, in and out of classrooms. So if you want to find me, you're not going to find and you're not going to find me in my office. If you find me in my office, it's because I had to crack down and get this observation written before a post-observation conference or something that was pushed down from, from my supervisors that needs to get done for their information. And I always start the day with the morning announcements. Um, I know a lot of schools like deferring that to kids, but I think I just a firm believer and I've learned this from several principals that I've that I've uh, connected with and listened to their podcasts and platforms. I just need to make sure that they hear my voice every day, every now and then a positive message will pop in my spirit and I just I'll give it. Um, but that's how I start today. Um, I start the day with a duty just long, alongside of my alongside of my team. I'm outside with them outside greeting kids. Same thing afternoon barring anything happens. But most of my day, I'm trying to be out in the school where kids and teachers are. So a lot of the email reading is done on the fly. Like, I don't know what it's like to sit in the office from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock, read emails and respond to emails. Like, my emails my emails stay behind. And I tell people, like, if you want if you want to get hold of me within an hour, you better text me or call. You better text me um, and I'll slide in a room and call you or whatever. But um, while kids are in the building... I got to try to make sure that I'm present and available for whoever needs me. So that's that's my world. Some of my some of those emails and that type of work gets done before kids get there, after kids get there, um, squeezing in maybe a little bit at night when I can or on the weekends. But um, it's a it's a good grind. So my days are loaded. Yeah. And, and I love so much what you said, because. I have a lot of friends who are administrators and I mean, even in my school. And that's like one of the top things. And, and I guess at the end of 2023, I found myself using the word pain points, not because I just started to say, but people kept asking me, what are the pain points? So I guess I just picked it up. But that was one of the biggest areas where administrators were like, you're pulled in so many different directions because you want to be there for students and you want to be there for teachers. And of course, like the whole, like all the major stakeholders is for everybody. And, and you want, you're accountable to them, but you also want to be in touch with, with the kids and build those relationships. And it's hard because you get a gazillion emails a day and you have to be at so many different events. Uh, and I, somebody asked me years ago, why don't you go into administration? I'm like, no. There's and I keep busy, but it's a different kind of busy and you are just responsible for so many things, but getting out there and being visible, that does make a difference. And I know that my own students, uh, when I've been to conferences and I've talked to students that are doing like, you know, student showcases and things where you talk about like, what's your school like? And is it big? And then you, you get out of them that they feel connected and they feel like they can go to their principal or assistant principal or somebody like for if they need some, I don't know, they just want to talk, they want to joke around or whatever, or maybe they're in, they're in trouble and they get called into the office all the time, but you still, you're building relationships. But that visibility component, it's good on so many levels because for the kids to see you that you care, for you to be able to get into classrooms, to see the teachers, to see the learning that's happening, to understand what 
teachers may need some assistance with and to understand, you know, what types of activities. Um, it's good, but it, it's it's not easy because you might have the best plan, like here's my day, and then oh, I got to go to a meeting for the next three hours. So there goes that. Let me see. Oh, wait, three months from now, I could pick that up and do that. But I, it doesn't matter how intentional you are about it because in education you have to be so flexible. Uh, and, and even you know, as a classroom teacher. I walk in and some days I'm like, all right, let's go. And then the kids come in and they just had a midterm or an AP test or something. And you just see like they're completely drained. And you know that no matter what you do, I could like twirl. I always joke. I'm like, do you need me to do like cartwheels, twirl some fire batons, stuff like that to like light it up a little bit. And no matter what you do, it's just, it's not going to reach them. And I've had some conversations recently over the difference between, I know you hear me, but are you listening? Because they're in the phones or they're just kind of like zoned out. And it's times like that, that I think, you know, yeah, I want them to know the content, but I also want to build relationships. I want to know what they're dealing with and how can I help them be supportive? And I always wanted my class, well, I shouldn't say always, in the last like 12 years, I've really focused more on my classroom being this space where kids feel comfortable. They know that I want them to learn. I want them to succeed, but I also care about them as a person. And today I had a student come in and said, I'm so sorry to bother you. I know you got like a gazillion things going on. I said, we all have a gazillion things going on. You know, it's all about time management. And, um, you know, there, there's just so much. But in the time that you've been in education, do you feel like, and I had a conversation with somebody yesterday also, uh, do you feel like things have become more challenging or, you know, the work is harder because a lot of people say, oh, you know, the more that you teach, the more you work at a job, like it gets easier. And I'm not seeing that, especially in the last couple of years. But what are your thoughts about, you know, the challenges that you face? Um, have there been some, I know, aside from, you know, virtual teaching and COVID and all of that, but are there some things that you've really seen that are challenging in your role now that is, you know, you have, and that maybe even educators kind of share or any insights into that, that you think, yes, this is something that we need to work on. You know what, to me, I think what I see is a root cause of what we're seeing in education is two things. One is, people being so hesitant to talk to one another. And number two is a sense of I've arrived. And what I mean by, and I think they both go, I think they both go hand in hand. Um, like principals are, principals are people too. And if you talk to 10 principals, I'm, I'm almost positive all 10 of them will tell you, oh, I have some teachers that can rock it out, but I need those teachers to actually have a conversation. So that way I can know they're thinking because a lot of their thoughts can help move this building in another level. But it's, it can't be this admin teacher wall. Like It got to be conversations got to happen. And that the conversations can't always be excuse me, started by 
admin because sometimes we we do work in a unit excuse me we work in a unionized environment in education so excuse me sometimes if admin or school leaders are always the ones sparking the conversation you don't want it to come across as it's a directive you know what i mean if that makes sense so sometimes um i think just as educators teacher to teacher or any roles we gotta one we're not talking enough because if we talk more we'll start being able to actually brainstorm some solutions to the problems together rather than living in our own silos and then things blow up and we got teachers leaving the profession saying um i don't feel supported and nobody actually knows what the problem is um and you know because you, you know you go to conferences you can meet somebody on twitter in 2022 meet them for the first time at a conference in 2023 let's say you have coffee within that hour that conversation is so rich within that hour you've probably gained two or three strategies that you can take back to your school so imagine if teachers that aren't connected if you can just start talking to your colleagues like that teacher in the hall may look mean but hey somebody has to be the change that they want to see like it just can't be um Rochelle seems mean and standoffish, so I'm just not going to deal with her. Somebody has to go down there and spark the conversation with Rochelle because Rochelle could be in there with the goods to help move this building, but everybody's hesitant of Rochelle, and they don't know Rochelle's hesitancy may be because 10 years ago in education, the trauma she faced at the hands of former colleagues or former admin has a wall up but you could be the one to help tear that wall down and get the and get something out of Rochelle that helps the whole building. I think that's why it's it seems tough because too many of us are working in silos and other other professions aren't like that. Like you go to your you go to your primary care physician and that's not their specialty. What's the first thing they're doing? They connect you with what somebody else. That I think that's what we need to do in education. If, if I know I ain't got the answers, connect that teacher with somebody else rather than just like, oh, this is just how education is right now. And willy lilly, and we're just going on about our business. Like, no, we got to connect. Yeah. And somebody had asked me, oh, gosh, you know, you talk to so many people, you write stuff, you're on podcasts and all those things. And I think somebody asked me for one word. Anytime you ask me like one thing, I'm like, oh, one, that's it. And I think, and it might've been in one of the books I'd written, but I, I think the biggest thing was to connect and that on, on so many levels, whether you're students, educators, classroom teachers, administrators and everything, because years ago, back in, you know, last century, we didn't have as many ways to connect. Like I would go to conferences and so forth, but like, you know, your PLN, your PLC was, was really limited to people in your school or friends that you knew that were teachers that taught in a neighboring district. And then it started to, you know, Facebook and all these different places started to connect or started to be available for us to connect. And uh, I, I never really bought into those because at first I'm like, well, it's just about politics or sports or whatever. And then I wrote a series of blogs about, oh, I was so wrong about, and I named every single one of them. And I think about all of the years that I skipped diving into those spaces and a couple of things. One, 
I didn't really confide in anybody that I was having challenges in my classroom on a variety of issues. I mean, that everybody tends to have. And then two, I think about the lack of connecting that I did and the impact, not just on me and my personal professional growth, but also on students. And so, you know, when we know better, we do better, of course. And so I started to get all of the social medias. And of course, over the last couple of years, it's been conflicting. Like, which one are you on? Is it Twitter? Is it X? Are you on threads and all of that? But as long as you're connecting in some space, and it's going to be different for everybody. And it can be overwhelming, but it's so important. And there's nothing wrong with admitting, you know, that you're having a challenge. I mean, vulnerability, when I read Brene Brown's book and, you know, the quote, I, I just thought, oh, like it's, it's not weakness. Like it's a sign of strength because you're advocating for yourself and you're saying like, I need help. And uh, I just thought, I talked to Dave Burgess this weekend and we've been friends for almost 10 years, which is crazy. That's crazy. I know. I, you know, I, I had read Teach Like a Pirate on the way to Philly uh, 20. 15, it was ISTE was in Philly and I was doing a Twitter channel, my computer on the Amtrak reading the book. And I'm like, technology is amazing. And we've had, we had a lot of conversations after that, but that led me on to reading a lot of other books. And I was talking to him the other day because about two years ago, I had somebody reach out to me that said, you know, I don't think I'm cut out for being an educator. And I was like, why? And they named a bunch of different reasons. You know, I'm too different. I don't feel like I fit in. Uh, I said, but are you connecting with the students? Do you love what you do? Do you have different ideas you want to try? And I, I named a bunch of different things. And so then I hurried up and I sent Dave a text message. And I was like, look, I got this teacher. I think your book would be perfect. You know, can I buy a signed copy? And he just sent it. He personalized it to her. She read it. And, you know, a couple of years now, she's been in the classroom doing her own thing, fitting in and so forth. And so the reason I say that is, you know, a lot of us tend to hold back because there's that fear of, oh, well, people will think I don't know what I'm doing and I'm having a struggle, a challenge and asking for help. Or you feel like people are too busy and you don't want to bother them. You know, I, I always joke and I'm like 49 words in this email because time is so valuable. There's never enough time. I always say like, how many of you have like hours upon hours every day to like just sit around and do nothing? But you have to ask for help and you never know who you're going to help by writing a quick blog, by recording your own, like me, your own talking to yourself podcast, and even listening to something like this too. Um, we're all in the same same line of work helping others, but we're also in that process helping each other. And you might think, well, nobody else has ever experienced this, but you never know. And you have to share your story. And I'm all big about sharing stories and you've been sharing some too. And so, you know, what are the other things that you would like people to know about education, about being in administration, about the way, you know, you know, I love talking about AI, but like, Things are changing a lot from maybe when you first started, first started in education till now. But what are some things that are on your mind or some you know tips and advice that you might offer somebody? I want to kind of go back to what you said about that one teacher that you connected with, uh, Dave's book. Um, teachers, this is my thing. I think the teachers coming into the profession like the next crew of principals, assist, 
principals, superintendents, they're second and third year teachers now. With where education is going, they they can't fit in. We can't if the the teachers that are going to be the future school leaders are the normal teacher, the one that, you know, gets up in the morning, comes to work, you know, hosts, do what they do. Um, I'm going I'm to throw something out there that you know about. Get involved in the 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 gossip, the 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 faculty room nonsense, uh, back and forth with parents, uh, that like you know, uh, tug of war with kids, uh, power struggles with kids. If those are the teachers that are going to be our future school leaders, the cycle is going to continue. Like the teachers that you're referring to. We need to let we need to be letting them know that ah nah you're 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 what we need because guess what kids are go kids know when somebody's different and that's what they're going to gravitate towards so if you got twenty five babies in your room and they know you different and all of them gravitating towards you guess what if you're the next school principal and that school got five hundred and fifty kids you got five hundred fifty kids gravitating towards you and you're more apt to give like when you're hiring teachers more apt to give that one teacher a shot that other people might not and you're going to keep recreating this thing where like you said as technology changes you that teacher will be like oh i'll pile it in my room oh like and won't even be scared that it flops like with like they won't matter like we need teachers that if a, even if a principal's in the room they don't they don't care if the lesson flops or the technology flops like hey dr phillips i tried um, like I, I'm a, I'm a giving, I'm giving that teacher real kudos. Like your bravery should count for something. And as things evolve, I think that's, that's what we really need to celebrate the teachers out there trying to just be different, but not be different for sake of being different, but they know they're different. They embrace it and they're not going to let anybody deter them. Cause there's like, I have a goal in mind and I know my way is the way to go, even though it may be some bumpy roads and I'm and I may need some some seasoned educators to like, hey, Gerard, tone this area down or pump this area up. That's okay. Um I'm learning, I'm growing. But I think that like I think that's the main thing that's on my mind right now of and I always use that hashtag changing the narrative. And I, I started using that hashtag. It's, it was change the narrative at first. And then like after a year, I went to change the narrative. It was like after the 2020, 2021, it was around that range. I just got so tired of like social media, like educators bashing the profession. I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I, I think it just hit me when I was like, I'm like, I'm going to put something that's positive, but controversial out here. Boom. And I, whatever it was I posted, I just used the hashtag of like change the narrative. Um, like we we need to we need the world to see that we got the best profession and like everything we put out there is positive. Like if if me Michelle, if me and you are in a school and things aren't going the greatest, no parents, no kids, nobody should know that. But me and you and me and you should be able to get in the room and hash that thing out. Like. That's where we that's where we got to get to. And the uh, and there was something you said. Now I just like find out what it was. But the just the the authenticity piece of it and 
it's different every day and being open to change and like, oh, I had this plan, but okay, we're not going to go with that plan and being real. And there's always another day. That's the thing. And you might have the best laid plans and then technology doesn't work. The kids come in, they're exhausted, two hour delays, change in schedule. There's all of these different moving parts. And the other thing that you said before too, was about uh, the announcements, like, you know, that you'll do them. Like in my school, we have our own, there's a teacher that has the kids produce, you know, our own TV program. It, it is like so awesome, but that is like an announcement, like a homeroom in the middle of the day kind of thing. And then our principal, when the principal is there or the assistant principal usually does like an end of day announcements and they're hilarious. Like just the voice and the sound of it. It's just like, oh, hey, guess what? By the way, it's going to snow tonight. So like, just, I don't know. There's just a lot. There's a high level of energy. And even on the worst days, I mean, we all have days that are challenging. You go into school and you're tired. You know, teachers are involved in so many things. Kids are involved in so many things. But I find that on most days, you know, it, it, it's not 100% accurate, but on most days, like we are lifting each other up. And you have to take that pause and do something that's fun or different because there's plenty of time for learning, even if you think that there's not. And making a difference and having conversations with kids or your colleagues and just being real and saying like, hey, you know what? I know I got an F in geometry. Like it was terrible. It was not the end of the world or things like, does it, is this going to matter in five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks, because things can be really stressful, but the more that you're real with them and authentic, it goes a long way. And, you know, they, they, they remember what you taught them, but they remember that you cared about them too. And that, you know, I, I wrote the book about like things I wish I thought new, and it's not just about me, but so many times I've said, gosh, I wish I knew that years ago, but I love what I do because every day is a different experience. And uh, some days are challenging. It does not get easier with every passing year. It really doesn't. There's more tasks. There's more changes. There's all of these things. It's hard to keep up, but it's very rewarding. And um, I wouldn't change it, even though I was, you know, majored in liberal arts for like a good three years. I mean, luckily, somebody pointed That's me in the right thing, direction. Though. I know, but I thought it was a major. I didn't realize it was a whole entire school. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we've been talking about a lot of things and I love your authenticity and just your your personality. And we've known each other for years and the way years. we connected, like, it wasn't in the normal way you connect. And so that's a message for people too. It's like, you don't have to just go to a typical PD session or to a conference or whatever. Like PD is everywhere. Like listening to a podcast, getting on a Twitter or an X chat, uh, sitting down and chatting with somebody at a conference that you don't know, reading a blog, um, talking to your yes. neighbor if you can. I mean, there's all of these ways to connect that I'm going to say it again. Back in the 1900s, we didn't actually have, I mean, we started to have, but any other, before we wrap up, any other things that you'd like to talk about or share that are on your mind for educators, especially now new, you know, it's 2024, uh, halfway through the school year, lots of things are moving, you know, moving parts, I call them moving variables <laughs> and things, but anything that you want to offer, whether it's advice 
uh, experiences, uh, motivations, anything that you would like to share? I think I last thing I, I just want to urge educators to, you know, do your own research. Just don't take what everybody else says at face value. Um, like you look at the learners and the, the kids in front of you, just have a mindset of they're going to thrive this year. Just, you know, really dig into what their academic data says. Like if they're they're approaching meeting standards. Um, just look at that stuff and then look at your curriculum and like make data informed decisions and like throw throw these kids can't out of your vocabulary. Like I think that's the I think that's the main thing. Um because I think kids catch on and even teachers, they everybody catches on to when you got some low expectations for them. But I think if like high expectations can rub some people the wrong way, but I think at the end of the day they'll they'll respect you because you had high expectations, but you kept it consistent. So I think my main thing is do your own research. Make sure that every day come at it from a positive. Um, try to put the negative behind you. I I am preaching to the choir because. There are a lot of things that I encounter from day to day and they could just knock me off my game. And I got to, I got to, you know, them self talks and them morning meetings with self and get right back on the horse and ride it and let's go. Um, just, just, the, I, I implore educators, anything that comes your way that like, especially if it's negative, do your own research about it. Like, um, talk to somebody else. Just don't take it at face value um, because sometimes negativity can come your way for a reason and you're going to get played. So I got I got to talk that language right now. You're going to get played. So do 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 your own research. Um, that way you're informed about not just only your learners, but your school and those you connect with and you'll be OK. Like just. Don't go with the crowd because a lot of times the crowd is not doing what's best for kids. I've, I've found that out. Yeah. And I, I love all of what you said, your own mm -hmm. research. Yes. Mm -hmm. And research is a scary word for people, but that doesn't mean that it's involved in like a dissertation mm -hmm. or anything. It's just like little pockets of information to keep you relevant and moving and mm -hmm. all of that. And so, this has been, it's been great to talk to you. I've enjoyed it. I got to come back. I, I like this platform. I know. <laughs> and now, now when you listen, you're like, oh no, this is going to be like a three day episode because she's not talking to herself. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, for anybody who's listening, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation here today and I'll be sure to drop in links so you can connect and, you know, any other information that you want to share, we'll make sure this in the show notes. Uh, if people wanted to connect with you, they're listening, they're right now, they're like, I've got to send you a message. What is the best way to connect with you? I've been, you know, I've been trying to send people to um, my Instagram most. I really want to utilize that platform. And that's that that's just um, uh, Dr. as in Dr. D.R.J.A. Phillips zero seven two two that's drja phillips zero seven two two and on twitter or x that's been the same uh handle forever that's at ja phillips zero seven two two and 
Facebook is probably the easiest. That's just Gerard Phillips, and you'll see my 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 profile pic and with the family in the background with the banner. Those are the best ways to get in touch with me. All right. Well, you heard it here. So thank you again. It's nice to have a guest, and I'll drop all nice of those links. On. I know. And I uh, hope everybody has enjoyed listening, that you will subscribe to the podcast. My blog, hey, why not while you're at it, www.rden915. And also the, the Thriving EDU community on Facebook, because one thing that you did mention, Dr. Phillips, was that there was a time where it was kind of like negative and people didn't really know where to connect. And that's when mm -hmm. I decided on a Friday night, I'm like, I just invited people to the Thriving EDU community. And I'm like, hey, let's go. And it's a space to share. So if you're listening and you have a blog, a podcast, an event, and you are looking for a community, please join, share what you're doing. We would love to learn with and from you. And with that, I will sign off. Thanks again for having my guest today, somebody to talk to. It's been awesome. Glad to be here. Yeah. And we will catch you the next time. All righty. All right. Bye, everybody.